We are continuing our God is series. Uh, when you think of God, what is the first word that comes to mind? Uh, there are a lot of things we could say about God. God is holy. God is powerful. God is eternal. God is perfect. God is righteous. In this series, we are focusing on the attributes of God that capture how God relates to us and how we find comfort in him. One of our directives here at TFRC is safe haven, a place for the lost and broken to find peace and healing through Christ and community. God comes to bring us peace and healing. That is not something he does out of obligation. God brings peace and healing because that's who he is. Last week, Brett kicked off the series by showing that God is love. This morning, we're going to take a look at the goodness of God. God is good. Now, God is good doesn't mean that everything that happens to us is good. That's not what the Bible teaches. It's not reality. Even though not everything is good in our lives, God is good. Our scripture for this morning is Psalm 107. Um, you can go ahead and turn there in your Bibles or look it up on your phones. Uh, we're going to jump around uh, in that psalm, read a variety of verses. Uh, our scripture reader for this morning is Kevin Stellingworth. So Kevin, uh, please make your way up to the podium. As he does, I'm going to invite you to please stand if you're able and face the center of the room. Um, we read from the center of the room is because scripture is central to our lives. It is our primary lens for our faith. And we stand because we believe this is the word of God. And so Kevin, whenever you're ready, please read from Psalm 107. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Some sat in darkness, in utter darkness. Prisoners suffer in iron chains because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the Most High. So he has subject them to bitter labor. They stumbled, and there was no one to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness, the other darkness, and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he breaks down gates of bronze, and he cuts them through bars of iron. Let the one who is wise heed these things and ponder in the loving deeds of the Lord. Kevin, thank you very much. You may be seated. Many of you know I'm originally from Wisconsin. I was born and raised there until middle school. It was a good place to grow up. Uh, lots of good memories. When I was in the seventh grade, uh, my family moved from Wisconsin to Southern California. And uh, that was a tough time for us as a family. We kind of felt like we were uprooted from our home. I had a sister who had just started college, another sister who was a senior in high school, uh, a brother who was in high school, another brother who was in eighth grade. I was in seventh grade, and then I had a younger brother who was in first grade. Now, for the five of us older siblings, I can't think of a worse life stage to move across the country. That's just not a good time to move. Um, and so while it wasn't the end of the world, uh, it was hard on me, and I didn't really adjust to the move very well. In fact, three years went by after we moved to California, and I still wasn't real happy. And so, I conned my parents. I conned my parents into letting me finish high school back in Wisconsin. Uh, for me, it was going home, even though I was leaving home. 
Uh, my sisters had already moved back to Wisconsin, so I lived with them my junior year of high school. And my senior year of high school, I lived with a friend and his family. And then after high school graduation, as my peers were leaving their parents' homes, I was moving back in with my parents uh, back in California. And my college years in California were, went much better. Um, and as I look back at that move and how painful it was, you know, if you were to ask me, hey, if we could go back in time and take it away and make it so that painful time in my life never happened, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. You see, lots of good things ended up happening in California. It was in California that I met my wife, California that my faith came alive, in California I was introduced to the Reformed Church. So if that would have never happened, I wouldn't have the family that I have, not sure where I would be faith-wise, and I surely wouldn't be a pastor in the Reformed Church, so I wouldn't be here. So I look back at that painful time in my life, and I can honestly say, God is good. God is good. What do we mean by that? Well, on one level, this is very simple. That when we say God is good, good means good. Going back to the first verse of the psalm, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Now that word for good here is the same word used in Genesis. In the creation account, day after day, God calls creation good. God sees what he's created the seas and the land and the moon and the stars and the animals and the people. And he calls it good. That is the same concept here when it says God is good. It also says his love endures forever. The word for love here, here is the Hebrew word hesed, which is loving kindness. God is good and his loving kindness endures forever. So if good means good, what about when it doesn't seem like God is good? When it feels more like we're experiencing the anger of God? When it feels like God is punishing us? Again, God's goodness does not always mean good things will always happen to us. It's not what it means and it's not reality. But there are two more truths to remember. First of all, not everything you like is good. Not everything you like is good, and not everything painful is bad. God knows this more than we do. There are things that we want that are not good, and there are things that are painful that are good, or at least can be redeemed and used for good. And Scripture says that God shows us what is good. In Micah 6, 8, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. What is good? Act justly. Love mercy. Well, that's who God is. God acts justly. God loves mercy. God is good. So good means to act justly. And while God will allow the unjust to have their day, God does stand up for what is right. 
God's justice always comes. Going back to the passage, uh, verse 10, where it says, Some sat in darkness and utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains, because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter label, labor, and they stumbled, and there was no one to help. Now, um, these really aren't typical verses to cite when you're talking about God's goodness. God subjected them to bitter labor, and they sat in darkness, and they stumbled. Well, how does that point to God's goodness? Well, this psalm is a psalm about the exile, specifically about the exile and the return of the exiles to their land. You see, the Jewish people were conquered by the Babylonians in 586 B.C., and they were taken out of their land, and they ended up in exile in Babylon. And all of this was due to their unfaithfulness. You see, they cared about the land, and they cared about prosperity, but they didn't care about God or his commands, and that wasn't good. If all that matters to us is wealth and comfort and prosperity, and we don't care about justice or the poor or faithfulness or doing unto others as we'd have them do unto us, well then our lives, our families, our community, that's all going to collapse. Wealth, comfort, prosperity, they are not enough to sustain what really matters. We need to do what is right in God's eyes in order to thrive. And the Israelites forgot about that. And so God sent them into exile to save them from themselves. Yes, the exile was because of their wickedness, but the exile was also meant to get their hearts right, to get them to remember what really matters. And once they realize their mistake, and they begin to turn their hearts back to God, God brings them back to their land. God is good means God acts justly. But good also means to love mercy. God understands that as fallen people, sinful people, we will wander and go astray and do things that go against God's will and ultimately are bad for us. And the Bible says that Jesus can empathize with our weaknesses. In other words, Jesus understands why we do the sinful things we do. When we lie, cheat, and steal, Jesus gets it. He understands. When we are unfaithful in our relationships, Jesus gets it. He understands. When we hate one another, Jesus gets it. He understands. Now, he doesn't approve of any of it. He's not okay with any of it, but he does understand why we do it. Going back to the passage, verse 13. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. The darkness that they were in wasn't just the darkness of the exile. They were in the darkness of their disobedience. 
They thought that their wealth and prosperity were their best assets when really it was God's goodness that was most important for them. We've all heard and know the stories of the rich and famous who fall from grace, the people who seem to have everything and their lives come to ruin. And when we think about how such things happen, sometimes we will blame their wealth and success for their fall because they didn't know how to handle it. And so that's why their lives came to ruin. And there's truth to that, that their um, wealth may be part of the reason why they fell. But I've always argued that when the rich and famous fall from grace, it's not what they have that causes their fall. It's what they don't have. They don't have the wisdom to follow God's way for life. They don't have the character and discipline to do what is right. They don't have anyone holding them accountable. It's not what they have that's the problem. It's what they don't have. God knew the Israelites needed him to prosper, and they were walking away from him. And so he took their land away. But he also brought them back to their land. God didn't write them off because of their rebellion. When they returned to their land, they returned to God, which is what God wanted to do in the first place. So the psalmist praises God's goodness because he brought the people back to him. God is good means God loves mercy. And good also means to walk humbly. When it comes to experiencing God's goodness, walking humbly is something for us to do. I'm not sure we can appreciate God's goodness if we are not walking humbly with him. Psalm 107 ends with, let the one who is wise heed these things and ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. Let the one who is wise ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. Now, I find that word ponder to be out of place. Ponder the loving deeds of the Lord? Wouldn't it make more sense for the psalm to end with something like, let the one who is wise be grateful for the loving deeds of the Lord or appreciate the loving deeds of the Lord or give thanks for the loving deeds of the Lord or rejoice in the loving deeds of the Lord. But it says ponder, ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. Well, ponder is to think about. Or ponder also means to discern. Discern the loving deeds of the Lord. This is a psalm in response to the exile from the land. The exile from the land is bad. And it's also a response of the return to the land, which is good. It's almost as if it's saying, hey, take a look back and look back at the bad and look back at the good and think about how all of it is a part of the loving deeds of God. All of it. 
the bad and the good, is a part of the loving deeds of the Lord. Think about that. As it says in Romans 8, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. All things, all things, the bad and the good, work out for the good of those who love him. Not everything that you like is good for you. Not everything that is painful is bad for you. God works out all things for the good. God is always good to you. Look back in your life and revisit some of the bad. Can you identify how any of those bad moments worked out for your good? And you would say like I did? Hmm, I don't think I would take that away, that bad moment of my life. Because of what it all led to. How many of those moments can you identify? Now it's common when my wife and I are driving together and I'm, usually, and I'm the one driving and we get delayed in traffic and I get frustrated and she sees me getting frustrated and she will say something like, well maybe God is protecting us from something worse if we weren't delayed in this traffic. And that frustrates me. It frustrates me for two reasons. Reason number one, I'm already frustrated because of the traffic. And when I'm frustrated and I'm driving, I like to be judgmental of all the other drivers. So let me do that, okay? The second reason is that when she says that, there's a really good chance she's right. That God is being merciful to us and I don't see it. Do you know God's goodness when you see it? Do you know God's goodness when you see it? Yes, we see God's goodness when things go our way. Business is good, the kids are good, marriage is good, the weather is good. When it's all good, well yeah, we can see God's goodness. But can we see God's goodness when life's not so good? When the business is hard, the kids are struggling, the marriage isn't great, the weather's like it's been for the past month. God's goodness doesn't change. Do you know God's goodness when you see it? Now don't hear what I'm not saying. When someone we love dies, or when serious illness comes, or when we lose a job, or a marriage ends, or our kids aren't doing well, I am not saying those things are good. They're not. I'm just saying that when those things happen, it doesn't mean God is against you. God is still good, even when it doesn't seem like it. And in your pain, it's okay to wonder what God is doing or where is God in all of this. It's okay to wonder that. Or even to question God. That's okay. The challenge is to believe in God's goodness so that no matter what, we believe that everything's gonna be okay. No matter what, 
we believe that everything's going to be okay even when we have no idea how. <laughs> when we have no idea how is this going to be okay? And yet we are convinced it's going to be okay? That's the result of our faith in God's goodness. The symbol of our faith is the cross. And I like to ask people, is the cross a symbol of God's justice or God's mercy? God is good means God acts justly. God is good means God loves mercy. Um, so which is the cross? Is the cross justice or mercy? And here's the good news. The good news is the cross is the ultimate form of justice and mercy at the same time. It is justice because on the cross, Jesus paid the price for our sins. It is mercy because it should have been us on the cross. The cross, it gives us not just a second chance, the cross gives a third chance, a fourth chance, a fifth chance. I don't know, how many chances do you need? That's what the cross gives. The cross is God's way of showing us that he is good. He sent his son into the world so that we would not perish but have everlasting life. And so when you find yourself wondering about God's goodness, please think about the cross. It's his justice and mercy together showing us the goodness of God. Our God is the God of the cross. And I do not know what you are going through. But God wants you to know it's going to be okay. God is good. Please pray with me. And Lord, we do thank you for your goodness. And I would ask that you would help us do what the psalmist says and to ponder the good deeds of the Lord. Lord, I ask that you give us eyes to see as we look back on our lives and maybe even focus a little bit on the bad moments of our lives. Help us see how you worked out some of those moments for our good. And Lord, may that encourage us for the hard moments we continue to face. And it's in the name of our Savior Jesus we pray. Amen. And receive his blessing. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. And may the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.